in sports, there is a thing called a feint, where uh, someone will do something to make you think one thing is happening when in fact they are preparing for something else. So maybe a boxer will, will feint like they're going to jab, and so that you will react to that and they can come with the uppercut, right? So you don't see the uppercut coming because you're distracted by this feint with the jab. They'll do the same thing in chess. A, a person will move one thing over here to distract you and go, uh-oh, I see what they're doing, and you prepare for something over here, and then it comes from the other side. And, and the, the same thing happens in a variety of places where if we are not careful, we will be distracted by something, and we will lose sight of the goal. We'll lose sight of the thing that we should be focused on because there's something else that's distracting us from the goal. And last week, uh, we were talking about Matthew chapter 6, and we read this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And Rick was talking last week about that, and he was talking about the reasons for not storing up uh, vast amounts of treasure here on earth because um, we miss the point when we do that. And that uh, we cannot serve both God and mammon. We, we cannot serve both God and money. You, you, you will either, it says, hate the one and love the other or will be devoted to the one and despise the other. But that money can be a distraction for us. It causes us to worry about things, and it gets our eyes off of what we are supposed to be focusing on, and that's what we're talking about this morning. Because this morning in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Don't be anxious about that. Don't be anxious about what you're going to, to uh, eat or drink. Don't be anxious about what you're going to wear. Don't, don't worry about those things. He says, because is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Isn't there more to life than just those things, eating and drinking and what you wear? And I, I think about, well, well, I'm told to think about and worry about what I eat all the time, right? You, you shouldn't eat that. You shouldn't eat that. That's bad for you. Don't eat one of those. Don't eat, that's too much sugar. That's too much fat. That's too much protein. That's too, what? I don't know. Too many things about what we should do and what we shouldn't do. I get up in the morning and I look at my closet and I go, okay, what am I going to wear today? And I worry about that. I don't worry a lot about that, but I worry about it. What will they think if I wear this? On Sunday morning, I don't go, hmm, if I wore this t-shirt, would that work? What about my work in the yard sweatshirt? Do you think anybody would care? Do you think anybody would notice if I didn't iron this morning?
He says, I tell you, don't, don't be anxious about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And as I'm reading through this, I, I look at that and go, well, yes, Jesus, there's probably more to life than eating and drinking and what we wear, but aren't those the essentials? Like, shouldn't I worry about those? Because those are kind of like the bare basics of what we need. Shouldn't I worry about that? And he goes, that, that's just like the existence of life. It's not the purpose of life. It just keeps life happening. Those are the very basics, but there is so much more to life than merely just eating and drinking and what you're wearing. Don't be anxious about those things. Don't be worried about those things. And, and when I think about that, I go, okay, what... If I'm worried about something, if I'm worried about what, uh, what to eat or what not to eat or what to wear or what not to wear, I'm telling myself some kind of a story, right? That's why I'm worried about it. I'm telling myself, boy, people are really, they'll talk. If I wore that, people would talk. They would say things. I would be embarrassed about the things that people would say and the things that people would think if I were to wear that. And so I'm not going to wear it in that context. I'll wear it when I'm lounging around the house, but not in that context. And I think about that, these things. I worry about these things. And, and uh, I, I'm telling myself some kind of story about what the consequences will be. That's why I'm worried about it. That's why I'm anxious about it. Because of what the consequences might be if I do that or if I don't do it. If I have it or if I don't have it. I'm, I'm worried about it. Because of what the story I tell myself, this is how it's going to play out. And what I love about Jesus is he says, uh, do not, uh, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And then Jesus tells us a story. He gives us a different story to tell ourselves. And this is the, the, the first story he says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet... Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Some of you enjoy having bird feeders. Put a bird feeder out, outside your, your back window or, or maybe outside the front window or someplace where, where you could, can see often the birds that are coming. And why do you do that? Because you love to watch the birds come, right? You love to see the chickadees and the juncos, the, the rufous-sided towhees, maybe a goldfinch. Depending on the time of year, you might see a grosbeak. And you enjoy seeing the different birds that come in and, and land and watch as they eat the seeds, right? And you think about these birds, and, and they're not, they're not uh, planting Right? You don't see them fly in, grab the bird seed, go away, scratch in the ground, plant it there so that later it will come up and, and, and yield right, a harvest of seeds. They're not, they're not thinking about that. They just come, they eat the seed because there it is provided for them. And we love to, to watch them come in and, and eat those seeds. And, and Jesus says, uh, they're not worried about those things. They're, they're not worried about what they're eating. They just come and they eat what's provided for them. They just eat what's available to them. And then he says this. 
They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Aren't you more important to God than a sparrow? Aren't you more important to God than a chickadee or a nuthatch? Aren't you more important to God than they? Aren't you more valuable than them? So if God takes care of them, don't you think he's also going to take care of you? So when we find ourselves in a place where we're worrying about, I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if I'm going to have everything that I need. Time out. What story are you telling yourself? I'm not sure that I can provide enough to ensure that I won't have a lack later. Based on the demands, based on, on the pressures, I'm not sure that I'm going to have enough to meet the needs so that I feel comfortable about what I have available to me. I'm not, I'm not comfortable about the, whether or not I have enough resources. And Jesus says, okay, let's, let's change the story. Let's change the story. Do the birds have enough? Well, yeah, the birds have enough. Okay. Your heavenly Father will provide for you too because he cares for you more than he cares for the birds. And so then we have to pause. When I'm worried about something, when I'm worried or anxious about something, how it's going to turn out or, or whether or not I'm going to be able to do it, I, I have to pause and, and say, do I really think that God cares about me more than birds? Do you really think that God cares about you more than birds? He does. God cares about you more than he cares about birds. Doesn't it sound weird to hear me say that? But I think that we are not always convinced of that. Well, sure, it works for the birds, but they eat seed. Like, look at how much a bird eats. When we talk about someone, when we say they eat like a bird, I eat not like that. So then what, what's the story that I'm telling myself? Well, yes, God provides for birds because they need so little, but I am big and God can't provide for me because it would be more. Guess what? You're more valuable than birds. God loves you more than he loves birds, and even if you eat more than a bird, he will still provide for you. Why? Because he loves you. Are you not more valuable than birds? Yeah, you are. Then he goes on, and he says, and not, not only that, not only are you more valuable than birds, so God loves you and he wants to provide for you, but, but let me just ask you this question. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? 
Okay, we're worried about whether or not we can provide enough for ourselves, whether or not we have enough. We're stressed about this. And he says, okay, how much control do you actually have? If you worry about it, if you stress about it, can you add even an hour to your lifespan? Let me, let me pose a hypothetical for you. Let's say that you don't engage in any physically risky behaviors. Let's say that you eat very healthily. You exercise every day. You are very safe in the way that you drive. You are very careful about everything you do. You don't even use products known to produce carcinogens in the state of California. You are very careful about how you conduct your life. Will you therefore live longer than God intends for you to live? But you stressed about it. You were so careful. If you do that, can you therefore live longer than God intends for you to live? No. Which of you can, has really control over how long you live? Then you might say, okay, but Travis, I don't actually stress out about my food. I have plenty of food, but there are other people. There are other people who don't have enough food. What about them? I mean, I hear you telling me not to worry about food, and it's true. I, don't, I shouldn't worry about food because I've got plenty. I know that God provides for me because I've got way more food than I need. But there are people that don't. What about them? Shouldn't they be anxious? Would it be okay for them to worry? I know that doesn't apply to me, but shouldn't they be allowed to be anxious and worry? Because they really might not have enough. And so, I'll ask the question in the other way. Is God any less just or good if someone were to die for not having enough food? If they, if they die from lack of food and prematurely enter into God's heavenly kingdom... Is God any less just than if they die of cancer and their body is failing them? If they die of some kind of sickness or tragic accident? Or if they die naturally of old age? You see, as I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the various ways that someone might die... I was thinking, at every point, we recognize the deficiencies of the physical life. And should we live long enough that we are dying because our bodies fail us, we recognize more and more the lack of this physical life and prepare more and more for entrance into God's heavenly kingdom, where for eternity we will be present with him and have no lack.
And so I think that whatever the cause is, whether God, in our view, withholds physically now so that they might en- enjoy his eternal presence that much sooner, and to us we go, hang on, that's happened too fast. God is no less, less just or good or loving for bringing them into his presence all the sooner. Which is why I think Paul can say, I have learned to rejoice with little and I have learned to rejoice with much. Because when we are anxious or we are worried about whether we have enough money, whether we have enough food, it is because we are distracted from seeing the love of our Heavenly Father. You see, in that lack, that physical lack, whatever it may be, we realize that the only way that we can be satiated is with the presence and love of God. And there have been Christians, believers, living in poverty, but satiated by the presence and love of God for generations And will continue to. And he goes on from here and and he goes, okay, now let me give you another story. Why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Look, look, at, look at the flowers. Look at how beautiful the flowers are. And what did they do? They just grow, grew. They just grew and then expressed themselves as God designed them to be. God designed them to be beautiful. He designed them to give him glory in their physical appearance. So much so that regardless of how much money you have and how you clothe yourself, you will not be as beautiful or physically uh, appealing as they. Isn't that amazing? I can try really hard, and people will go, yeah, you tried really hard, Travis, but you're still not as beautiful as a flower. They were designed that way, but they don't work at it, right? You don't see the flowers in the morning putting on their clothes. You don't see them uh, spinning and, and making clothes and new garments and accessories for them to put on. They don't have to put on rings and, and necklaces and things. They're not putting on their makeup in the morning. They just smile at the sun. They just bloom. And look at how beautiful they are. And he says, but... If God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Will he not also 
take care of you? I'm, I'm really good at worrying about stuff. I'm, I don't really worry about whether or not I have enough for today. I'm worried about tomorrow or tomorrow's tomorrow or tomorrow's tomorrow's tomorrow. Like, I'm, I'm just, I, I know how much money I expect to come in this month and how much money I expect to go out this month. And if the money going out this month on any given month is more than the money coming in, I worry about that. I could look back at a historical trend that says in every month more money came in than it went out, but in this month that didn't happen and I would still go, whoa, what happened? We spent more money than we made this month. That's not okay. I'm, I'm good at getting stressed about that. I'm good at, get, at worrying about that. And he says, what are you worried about? Are you not more valuable than a flower? Will I not provide for you too? Will I not clothe you too? And I have to reframe the story and go, okay. God can take care of me even when the math doesn't work. You know what I'm talking about, right? You do the math on how much money comes in and how much money goes out, and you go, this math does not work. Because I know what my abilities are. I know what I expect to make. I know what I expect to produce. And I know what my needs are, and the math doesn't work. And God says, I don't do that kind of math. Why are you only working with two variables? Look at all the numbers I have. Look at all the resources I have. Look at all of the abilities I have. Why are you worried about what you can and can't do? You're pathetic. And he is good. You see, we are telling ourselves this story that either we're, we're saying God is not able to provide for our needs because our needs are too great and we don't think that he can cover them, or we are telling ourselves that he doesn't love us and so he, even though he could take care of those needs, he's just not going to. And I tell myself one of those versions of that story all the time. That's how I can make an excuse to worry. I, if you challenged me and said, Travis, you don't think that God loves you enough to provide for you, I would say, oh, no, no, hang on, I'm a preacher. I know. I know that. And then you could ask, but do you believe it? Like right now, in this instance, on this occasion, do you believe that? No, apparently not, because I'm worrying about it. You see, I, I think that when we have anxiety about something or a worry about something, it gives us an opportunity to say, what is the story that I'm telling myself right now, and what is true? What is true about God? What is true about God is that He has the resources, and He has the love for you. So you don't need to worry about it. You don't need to be stressed about it. Therefore, he says, verse 31, 
Do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Don't be anxious saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Because the people who don't believe in God worry about all those things. They worry about those things. Let them worry about those things. You see, worldly wisdom says, I shouldn't worry about what I am going to eat and what I am going to wear today because I should work hard enough, I should have a job, I should work hard enough, create enough resources so that I can provide for myself and I don't have to worry anymore. That's what worldly wisdom says. Whereas godly wisdom says, I should love my heavenly Father and know that He will provide for me. You see, there are many things that we find occasion to worry about. We may feel like we have an abundance, and so, yeah, we have these examples of food and clothing, but I'm not really that stressed about food or clothing because I have plenty. So what are some of the things that you might worry about? I just jotted down a quick list. We might be worried about Russia, China, North Korea, COVID, big government, big pharma, big tech, corruption, Moral decline, local crime, physical safety, physical uh, uh, security, cancer, sickness, job loss, inflation, something happening to our kids, our kids not turning out right, and the list goes on. There are many things beyond food and clothing that we can worry about. And why do we worry about these things? Is there not more to life than those things? In fact, these things are not even the essentials of life. If we have food and if we have clothing and we have shelter, why are we worried? Why are we borrowing all of these things to worry about? They're not even essential to life. nor are they under our control. We can worry about global political instability. What are you going to do about that? Are you going to go talk to Kim Jong-un and ask him to please not do something silly? How much control do we actually have? No, we just trust that our Heavenly Father knows that we need these things. For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your Heavenly Father knows you need them all. Just a few verses ago, he made a comparison with the Gentiles also, that those who don't know the living God. And he said, when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. No, don't, don't worry about those. We, we go running in prayer to, oh God, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. 
he, he knows. He already knows. He's happy for you to come and, and dump your worries and, and cares and complaints on him. But he, he's not surprised. He's going, okay, okay, okay. Have you ever had a kid come running up to you? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Calm down. Calm down. I know. I know. I, I, will, t- I will take care of it. But I know. I will take care of it. Calm down. And I think sometimes we go rushing to God with these many words and just, God! And he goes, I, I, I know. I know. And I will take care of it. Because your Father in heaven loves you. And then I get into this and I think, start thinking, oh, yeah, I'm, I, I worry way too much. I'm way too anxious. I, I, if I had more faith, I would trust God more and I wouldn't be anxious and I wouldn't worry about this stuff. If I just was a better Christian, then I wouldn't be anxious and worry like this. I must not have enough faith. I don't know. Actually, I wonder if I have any faith at all. I probably don't have faith. God probably won't, do, won't take care of me because I don't have enough faith. I can, I can tell I don't have enough faith because I'm worrying, and now I'm worrying about worrying, which means I don't have enough faith, which means God's probably not going to take care of me. And I find myself swirling like this, and God's going, time out. Travis, you're spinning here. When, when we're anxious, when we're worried, it's a time for us to pause and go, God, remind me of who you are again. Remind me that you are my heavenly Father who cares for me and loves me. Remind me that you are my heavenly Father who has the resources that I need. Remember talking with my sister. My sister was doing uh, um, emergency placement foster care, and she said, wait, I had these uh, kids come into my house and they came into my, my house uh, for a weekend, and I got them cereal for breakfast in the morning, and they poured the cereal out in the three different bowls, and they were pouring the milk, and they poured the milk into the first bowl and into the second bowl, and it ran out. And the kids looked at the, the uh, younger kid and went, well, no milk for you this morning. And my, my sister went, what? No, 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 no. I, I have more milk in the fridge. And they went, really? And she went, yeah. And if we run out, I will go to the store and I will get more. Like, we, we aren't going to run out of milk. Really? Yeah. I was listening to somebody else talking about a similar situation where they had a, a, a foster kid who had come into their home from a food insecure home. And they, they had their little thing of food that they were holding on to. And they carried that around with them. And they were constantly asking, what are we going to have next? What are we going to have for lunch? What are we going to have for lunch? And then they would have lunch. What are we going to have for dinner? And they would come back over and over again to the foster parent and, and ask, what are we going to have for dinner? What are we going to have for dinner? Making sure that there was a plan. Making sure that there was going to be food. All, all the time holding on to this. And, and finally, the, the foster parent said, can I show you something? 
Come here. I want you to see what's in the pantry here. Do you see all this food? Any time that you're hungry, we have food. And if this were to run out, I would go to the store and I would fill it again. But any time that you're hungry, you just let me know and I have food for you. Come here, let me show you the fridge. Do you see all this food in the fridge? I, I want you to know that any time you're hungry, you just come and you tell me you're hungry and we will find you something to eat. And every time we're going to have a meal, we're going to have a meal at breakfast and we're going to have a meal at lunch and we're going to have a meal at dinner and I have a plan for what you're going to eat because I want to, to provide for you. So do you think you could just trust me that I'm, I'm going to give you some food when you need food? You know, I think we're a lot like that kid. And we have our resources, and we're going, I just want to make sure that I have enough. And our Father in heaven is looking at us going, don't, don't you know that I love you? Don't you know that I have a pantry full of resources for you? Don't you know you don't need to worry about that because I, I'm happy to, if you feel like you need something, you come talk to me. Do you know that your Father in heaven loves you so much, is so generous, that even when we were the rebellious kid, the one who ran away and went, I want nothing to do with you, God. He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come and take on flesh, and I'm going to walk alongside you and show you how much I love you. And I am going to take your sin from you, and I'm going to take all the punishment that you deserve for that sin. I'm going to die on the cross for your sin. And I am going to give you my righteousness so that you can say, I am a child of God. I have been brought in, adopted into God's family. And you can live with me forevermore, and I'm going to take care of all of your needs because that is how much I love you. So he says in verse 33, so seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. When we're a child in a family, we don't have to worry about where's the food going to come from. We don't have to worry about where the clothes are going to come from. That's for the parents to worry about. They'll take care of that. I just live in the family like a family member. He says, you just worry about righteousness. You just worry about pursuing God. Like God created those flowers to glorify him in their physical appearance. God created you in his image to glorify him through the, the uh, production of his character. By you mirroring his character, his steadfast love and faithfulness, his graciousness, his justice, by, by you mirroring that, you are glorifying him. It is how you were designed 
to glorify him. Just like the flower was designed to glorify him in its physical appearance. And so we pursue God's righteousness. It's not the thing that we um, can attain under our own power, but through the grace of Jesus, we are made righteous. And then more and more we display his character. And when we do that in every aspect of our lives, we don't need to worry about anything else because he's going to provide for all of our needs. We can just express to the glory of God who he is. We can express that to one another. We can express that to a watching world. This is the character of God. This is his righteousness. And when we pursue that, everything else will be taken care of. All these things will be added unto you. In fact, in Matthew 5, verse 6, just one chapter earlier, as he's going through the Beatitudes, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And then he says in verse 34, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We don't need to worry about today. We don't need to borrow worries from tomorrow. All we have to do is say, God, I am your child. I am your child. Would you give me today my daily bread? And our Father in heaven is happy to open up his pantry and provide for all of our needs. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we can come and say, you are our Father who is in heaven. We don't need to just approach you as God, sovereign creator of all things. We don't need to just uh, come to you as a servant before a king one who rules over all of creation, over every kingdom and nation. But Lord, we also come to you as children who have a heavenly Father desiring to meet our needs. Lord, thank you. Thank you for that kind of love. Thank you for that kind of generosity. And we now ask that whenever we are tempted to worry or be anxious, that through the work of your Spirit within us, you would whisper in reassurance, you are my child. that we might know and feel your love, that we might trust in your provision, and that we might glorify you without worry. As our Father in heaven, and we ask for this in Jesus' name, amen.